Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Diddly Ding, Diddly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. I'm here at the King Power Stadium with James, the Sharp End Sharp. Uh, we've just been sat through Claude Puel's uh, press conference for the Watford game here at the King Power Stadium on Saturday. And uh, before we kick off, though, I'd just like to remind you all, free beer. If you want to go to beer52.com, uh, use the uh, tagline Leicester to register and you can be enjoying eight beers from around the world. And all you've got to do is pay your postage and packet. Now, on to the news from the press conference, James. Yep. Uh, team news now we know Danny Simpson Wes Morgan have been out for a while with his hamstring injuries are they any closer to being back oh, they are uh, Danny Simpson is back in training he had his first training session with the squad out on the grass taking part in little games um, today on Thursday and Puel said he's on his way back but not sure whether he will be back in time for the weekend probably unlikely but making progress as is Wes Morgan who has been doing lots of work in the gym. Claude said he's been on the bike a lot and considering a career as a cyclist, and but it's making progress. So he's on his way back, but again, not for the weekend. Robert Huth, again, he's getting much closer to a return. He's been out with ankle surgery following that over the summer, then a recurrence of a foot injury, but he's been playing for the under-23s, played 90 minutes in their checker trade trophy defeat on Wednesday night. Puel said he is on his way back and close to being fit and to give competition to the team. Well, I can't imagine um, he'll drop a Marte for Saturday with Simpson. No. Having been out for so long, I'm sure he's going to give it another week and, and perhaps ease Danny back in, in the Peterborough FA Cup game in the week's time. Uh, but Robert Huth, I can imagine, coming on the bench... For Johan Bernal one, if you've got to ease him in, you get him on the bench to start with. I imagine we might see big, uh, big Robert this uh, this Saturday. But potentially, I mean, obviously played on Wednesday, so they have to see whether it's enough time for him to recover before the weekend. If it's just a place on the bench, who knows? Uh, but it's um, decent competition, I think. I mean, Dragovic has been pretty good. I think uh, he's growing into his position alongside. Yeah, Adam he's been White. talking quite positively about Dragovic and. Uh, he was asked whether he was going to make that deal permanent because Dragovic is only a city on loan. Uh, whether he's going to make that uh, permanent in the in the summer, he said, if he keeps progressing, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. So that that's another option. He, I thought he's done getting progressively better alongside Harry Maguire, who's impressed everyone from Puel to the fans to Gareth Southgate since he's joined. But no, that experience, um, whether it's back in the side or just going around the team. Is always good for for, for Huth, and it'd be good to see him back because he's been away for a long time. Though. And Ben Chilwell is back from suspension as well. He missed oh, the, the Fleetwood game in the week through uh, suspension after picking up two yellow cards at Chelsea last week. Expect him to come back in? Oh, you know, I think he's edging ahead of Christian Fuchs in uh, Puel's pecking order. Um, we've literally before we we've come in to do this podcast, been talking to a French journalist who's, who said that he's got a reputation in France for developing youth, and we've. We've seen that here. We've mm. seen how many young players he's, he's promoted, and uh, he's, he's not afraid to put uh, young players inside. So yeah, it's not even like it's not even. I mean, there's kind of giving youth a chance, but there's also 
putting faith in youth, like going a little bit further, which he seems to have done. I remember mean, you, you, we were talking at Stamford Bridge and you were saying, this is a big game for Puel to choose the youth of Chilwell ahead of the experience of Fuchs. And if he's picking Chilwell in games of that magnitude, that probably does suggest that he's ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah, having said that, though, it's probably a lack of experience that let him down and uh, yeah. led to his sending off, having already been booked to then dive in on the second challenge. And I know people will debate whether that was worthy of a yellow card or not, but he put himself in that position, didn't he? And I don't think Fuchsie would. But he obviously likes Ben mm. a lot, and I think we'll see over the remainder of the season Chilwell start m- m- more games than uh, Fuchsie will play. So uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens on Saturday now. We know they're trying to strengthen the squad. Yeah. Uh, he said before he wants to bring in only players of quality, not just people that are going to come in and make up the numbers in his squad. He's got a big enough squad, he just wants quality in the squad. Unfortunately, he's no closer to bringing anybody in, no. though, is he? No, he was asked if he's closer to bringing anyone in, and Powell basically said, no, we are nowhere near really bringing anyone in. Um, he's happy to wait, he said... He seems happy with his squad as it is. Like you say, it's, it's a big squad with decent quality in there. We saw Ian Acho um, start to produce some goods in, in the FA Cup and Solani, whatever his future is, can, can offer different things. But no, no, nothing's coming soon. I mean, I know Leicester have been linked with um, Bunasar of Marseille and I'm sure we'll come to him in a minute. But it, it, it's been quiet, really, on the on the on the transfer-linked front. I know over the summer we kept a huge list of all the names that Leicester got linked with and there were tons and tons and tons. This January, they've been pretty much few and far between. And most of them we've been able to dismiss as well as uh, agent talk as yeah. well, a lot of them. So that might disappoint a lot of fans. They might have been expecting a bit of business to be done in this window. I must admit, I said at the start, I didn't think there was a lot going to be going on. I think it was going to be more about departures than incomings. But... Um, no, they're, they're, I think they're still going to try, and I think there will be a, a player come in before the the end of the window. We've just got under what is it? Just under fortnight now to Can't go. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and then. Um, but I don't think there's going to be a flood of players, and I certainly hope they don't leave it. Uh, to the last minute like they did with they the Adjuncts they where Danny Drinkwater did well I know there's a lot of speculation let's talk about the outgoing possible outgoings there, because that's what we're expecting more of I think that's what the fans are more concerned about to be honest than, than in terms of bringing players in and strengthening I know in the summer they were going on about we need to bring in another centre back we need to bring in this that or the other I think in this window the main focus of Leicester fans is keeping hold of the likes of Riyad Mahrez Jamie Vardy Morris being a big one because he's the one that's speculated about a lot. I think that's where fans are more concerned about than potential incomings because the squad, apart from maybe another right back, it's pretty decent. Yeah. Well, the thing with Rio Morris, he's been asked again as he is every press conference and after every game, and there's still no news. There's been no approaches for Rio Morris, there's been no offers on the table for him. Claude looks like a relaxed man over this. He looks like he, he knows. That Maris is going to be here at, at least the summer. Yeah, I mean, he, he keeps saying as much. And when he got asked in his press conference, he he said it's the same question all the time and it is the same answer all the time. Riyad is happy. He looks a happy player. He's smiling. He's enjoying playing for this team. He's playing, enjoys playing with his teammates. I have no issues with Riyad. And that's all he can say. Until an actual bid comes in, he can't say much more than that because he can't say, well, 
people have offered something that we don't think is worth or then or well we're considering a quite big bid nothing has happened nothing is no one has come forward for him no one has said anything no one has bid anything so all he can say is he looks happy and as far as things go then he's going to stay well I think if uh, Alexis Sanchez does complete his move to Man United which we're expecting then I think the speculation will start uh, to intensify again because we know that Arsenal have been keen on Mares for a while but they've never followed up that interest no. with a, a concrete bid for him so will it change this time now they've lost a creative attacking player in Sanchez well we'll wait and see and as like as Kasper Schmeichel said on, on match of the day after um, the Chelsea game when he was asked about Mares, he quite a good response actually he basically just said well knowing our chairman as I do unless Riyad has a release clause in his contract which we're not aware that he has and Riyad has admitted himself that he doesn't and the chairman can be a stubborn man at times. And that's essentially it, isn't it? Because Vichai is an astute businessman. He's not going to flog his most valuable asset for a cut price figure, is he, at all? Um, and what is uh, the right price for Riyad Mahrez? What price would that be? I mean, Poole well, might have only been joking when he talks about £100 million, pounds, but... Um, I don't think he's joking. You know, I think it'd be somewhere around that ballpark. Yeah, figure. in the summer it was £50 million, pounds, wasn't it? Mm. And that was the figure that was understood to be the level at which Leicester would probably consider an offer. Roma only went to £32 million. Pounds. Now the transfer market has exploded more than that. You've seen Van Dijk go at £75 million. Pounds. You've seen Coutinho go at one hundred and forty-two, who has almost identical Premier League record to Riyad. Um, so if those players are going for those, those figures, it would be selling Mahrez on, on, on the cheap for to sell him at £50 million quid. You've got to be looking at more than £75 million and looking at £80 million. Pounds. That's what he's worth whether teams will be happy to pay that is a different question so it certainly is an inflated window though yeah. January it is, uh, the prices do get uh, go out wildly out of control uh, but let's talk about Islam Slomani because mm-hmm. um, Puo was again confirmed that uh, he said it numerous times before he's got too many strikers and yeah. he can't give them all game time and if there's a possibility of giving somebody game time at another club he will look at it and as Islam Slomani is the one that we understand is generating the most interest yeah, I mean, you can look at it as a form of kind of striker guess who, and you can knock them down one by one, can't you? You can say, well, it's not going to be Vardy. Well, he's ruled out here, Nacho. Yeah, exactly. So it's not never going to be Vardy. It's never going to be Shinji. But now we talk to, to him about a new contract. Yeah, it's not going to be Nacho because he's already confirmed in his press conference that Nacho is going nowhere. So that then leaves you with Islam Slomani, Leonardo Ijoa, and Ahmed Musa. But you can't really count Ahmed Musa because he's been playing in the 23s for the whole season. He's almost not really seen as part of the first team's squad in the sense so you're looking at Slomani so down to two that, yeah you see down to two aren't you and Ijoa signed a new contract in the summer and at the two of them Slomani's the more you can argue their merits either way but Slomani's the more box office kind of signing and the one he's more likely to to get interest which he's had from the season. he's a bankable asset isn't he, he is, isn't he so when you knock all the faces down the one that really looks to be the one that is likely to go would be Islam Slomani and the constant reports about Besiktas being interested they've obviously sold uh, Cech Tosin to Everton they're needing a striker loads of reports about their president even being at the game on Tuesday yeah. Wood, yeah unconfirmed by the way yeah unconfirmed but that, so, so the reports go mm. 
if anyone's going to go, it looks like it's going to be Slomani, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think if Slomani goes, Yujoa stays. If Slomani stays, Yujoa will go out on loan before the end of the window. I think that's what we get, we're expecting to happen over the, the next fortnight. But uh, let's talk about uh, these rumours then uh, circulating in France about the Marseille right-back. Yes, um, Saar, his name is, who usually, or used to play as a um, as a winger or a striker, but has since been converted to a right-back and has pay, played all the season for Marseille as right-back. Now, reports in France say that Leicester had a first bid of €3 million, three million euros, sorry, rejected. Then have come, Leicester come back with a second bid of €5 million. Euros. That's been rejected. And French media continue to report that a third bid may be incoming. Now, um, Saar and also his the Marseille boss just so happened that the two of them were in a press conference ahead of a game against Strasbourg and were asked about the question about Leicester's links. The manager said, "No, he's not going anywhere." The player was more kind of open about it and said, "I, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't mind the Premier League." Um, of course they would. They wouldn't mind the Premier League <laughs> exactly, wages. Yeah. That's what so it's he, all about. He's, the player seems open um, to a move. The manager is obviously going to say no, but if Leicester keep up in the price, then if, if this is the case, then I think this is one to watch. I do as well. I think it's one that we uh, we shouldn't dismiss as uh, as Bob Cheese, yeah, as, we it, it, yeah. Yeah, as we call it in the Mercury Towers, um, or oh, sorry, the Mercury Masonette. But he's one to uh, to look out for. Um, so if we, if we are going to have any incomings, it's going to be, we believe, a defensive or defensive player or a right back. Yeah. Uh, now then, Diabate. Uh, we have had one sign in the, in the, the summer, yeah. uh, and he's made his city debut of sorts in the Checker Trade Trophy. Now Adrian Silva came over and he had his baptism of English football at Fleetwood Town. Now Diabate's had his baptism in English football at uh, Boundary Park, home of Oldham Athletic, one of the in the cold, Czech trade toast. Renown is one of the coldest grounds in the country um, on a, one of the coldest nights that we've had in a long time. Yeah, I don't think he was, that's kind of what he was expecting when he came over to England. But obviously, they, they, they Leicester lost four two. Um, but like we say, he's a player that we expect to be. On the verge, kind of between the two and the twenty-three. I think we'll see him predominantly in the under twenty-three, yeah. or, or playing in perhaps in the FA could be might be involved. You know, on the bench or something like that. Obviously, he wasn't allowed. He wasn't eligible because for the replay because he wasn't eligible for the first game. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he looks like you'd like to hope. We'd like to, we at Leicester fans haven't seen much of him, so and neither have we. So we can't really give too much of a. He's quick. Well, he's from quick. what we gather, he's quick, and Puel says that having watched him, he has all the attributes to be a good Premier League player. You'd like fans would probably would hope to put faith in in what Puel has seen, and also what Leicester's scouts have seen, and of course the fact that Leicester have a good record of scouting players from League Two. So, if all those things. Oh, as we see them being, then hopefully he should be a decent sign. Yeah, I think we might see him on the bench in a, in a forthcoming game, perhaps yeah. perhaps next week at Peterborough, um, so he gets another little uh, taste of what English football is about. But I don't think we're going to see him uh, too much around the first team early doors. I think he's going to be uh, serving a little apprenticeship in the under-23s, getting to know the environment, the country, his teammates. Um, yeah, and like I said before, I mean, you've, in, a, in similar positions, Leicester have got Harvey Barnes and... Uh, George Thomas, who both play similar roles and 
Well, Haven't Barnes played in midfield last night, so Thomas, Musa, and uh, Barty could play in a front three. Um, so he would drop him back even deeper. That's much attacking talent they've got in under twenty. Yeah, exactly. I mean, was it now? Was it nineteen or nineteen or twenty in a row where they were unbeaten? So there's a lot of a lot of promise, a lot of potential in there, and a lot of attacking options. Uh, but it also shows that. If Diwati is going to be given a chance, you've got the likes of Barnes and the likes of Thomas, who would probably argue that they've earned a shot as well as Diwati. But great to see the amount of options Leicester have got. Well, let's talk about uh, football. Let's talk about the game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, there is a match. Watford, Watford at home. Um, City got to build on that performance, that excellent performance at Chelsea. Although it was another goalless draw, it was a, an outstanding performance. I've never seen a City side outplay Chelsea to that extent. No. Certainly not at Stamford Bridge in my time, but. Um, like that's what they did. They just couldn't finish off the uh, the promising chances that they created on the on the day. Now, you know, Pujol's been asked, "Is it going to be a similar sort of story on Saturday against Watford?" And he said that it could well be a more difficult game um, because when you're playing a team like Chelsea, you know you know what to expect, and you can almost set a plan to it. So you know they're going to pass the ball around on the ground, and you can battle that against a strong, powerful team like. Watford, it's more about the kind of the, the concentration levels, the, the the physicality, the desire. Because he, he pointed to the fact that when Leicester played them on Boxing Day, it was two set pieces that cost them. And he's talked before about defending set pieces is about concentration, not switching off, and the desire to get to that ball first and head it clear and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a, a different kind of battle. Having said that, like we say against Chelsea, I think the way Leicester played against Chelsea is the, the, they outpassed passed them, which is something we've never seen from a, a Leicester team. The, the past success was about like eighty odd percent, which is un, un, unheard of. If they can bring that kind of composure and dominance to a team like Watford, you'd like to hope that as long as they finish off their chances, that they should be confident of getting something from that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think they've improved since then. I think we, we saw that was there as Achilles Hill was defending set play. And it, it's probably still going to be an issue. Uh, Dragovic isn't the biggest uh, centre-half I've seen in, in, in my time, but uh, Maguire's uh, certainly improved, uh, I, I feel, under Puel. And in midfield, in particular, Wilf Nididi and Vicente Abora were outstanding at Stamford Bridge, and their height is going to be key against a, a rather physical Watford side. But uh, That brings into the question of who on earth Puel plays in midfield, because... We saw against Chelsea, Matty James and Ndidi dominate that game. And then against Fleetwood, he had Ibora and Silva, who both looked excellent. We've already seen from Ibora this season that he has the ability to to pull strings and pick passes, unlike a lot of Leicester midfielders. And his composure in that midfield under pressure is excellent when against a team that might that might press you or harry you. So you've got four midfielders there five if you include Andy King but looking at those main four midfielders who he picks mm. to do what job in what system I can't see him changing the system so that means you've got four four players for two positions who will each have for different things it's, it's, a, it's a big decision to make I think he'll stick with James and uh, and, and Nididi I think with Abora having played uh, on uh, Tuesday night alongside Silver in that the game against Fleetwood I, th- I think we've seen that he doesn't think the baller can play two games in a week at the moment. Yeah, because he keeps uh, dropping him uh, for the second game. So I think he'll stick with Jay. And they were outstanding uh, yeah. up against a, you know a decent uh, Fabregas and Kante. 
and that Bakayoko he doesn't you know, who, who looked awful to be honest <laughs> but uh, yeah Ndidi's really developing into uh, a really good uh, all round midfield player now he's adding his passing range to his obvious combative uh, yeah. abilities but uh, so that's always been the thing isn't it I mean I know in stuff, stuff that I've written earlier on in the season where praised him no end for his ability to win the ball and he's always been the top of the tackle list but early on in the season he'd win the ball back and without the likes of Ibora next to him um, or Silver next to him or James next to him he'd win the ball back but then he'd struggle to play that ball to another man his past success was down at like 65% 60% which is far far too low but now we saw at Chelsea wins the ball back and can pick a, like and can pick an incisive path and he's turning into not just a a tackler but more of an all round um more wholesome midfield, and that's great to see. It's, just, it's the range of passing as well that I've been impressed with. It's not just playing a little two yard board, He's, he can pick a, and ping one a crossfield p- uh, pass as well. And there was a little dink pass for uh, Mares at Stamford Bridge in the first half uh, over a couple of defenders, which is very cool headed. And he's just turned 21. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of scope yeah. for, for improvement as well. I think you're looking at a player that. In time, City are going to be fighting to keep. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been lots of you know, lots of different studies always bring out top fifty most valuable players in Europe, straight the world, straight the Premier League, and indeed he always finished always has been in recent times Leicester's most valuable player ahead of Mares and ahead of Vardy because of his age and because of his development, and he was recently like fiftieth, fifty first most valuable at like seventy million quid, and that doesn't sound too out of this world when you think about how young he is and how quickly he's developed and added more stuff to his game. I think he is a real, real star. Well, I think those guys will obviously um, be vital, play vital roles against mm. Watford, but as ever, the key men will uh, uh, remain Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez um, against the Hornets. If those two are on song, then I can only see one outcome, and that would be a City victory. Yeah, I agree. As long as, I'd say as long as... They're switched on at set, set pieces. When it comes to ability to, to create and to finish, there are f- not many more lethal duos into the partnerships than Mares and Vardy. And if those two are on song and are up for it, which they will be, then I think Leicester will, will come out on top. Well, that's all for this podcast. Uh, don't forget to head over to the Mercury website where we'll be having uh, all the build-up stories to Saturday's big game. We'll have a live blog running throughout the uh, afternoon as well, which James will be manning. And uh, we'll all have other stories as well on our Facebook site, so uh, check those out. Don't forget beer52.com. And thank you for joining us.